When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is the thing that we can all do to really support the growth and development of this child and raise their own belief in what's possible? The educational landscape has shifted. The social mobility is very segregated. Therefore, politically, the same thing is happening. The decisions you make around that child's education are of paramount importance. What can we do that would make educators' lives better? How do we make change that you can see in the classroom? They don't have summers off. They're not on a break. Most of the time that kids are not in school, teachers are still working. To impact our urban public schools, to impact the life of a child, we really wanted to elevate the profile of our city as well as elevate the opportunities that exist in education here. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miss Education. Hey guys, it's Jen, and I am excited about our guest today. Um, His name is Mark Larson. He is a pretty cool guy. If you've lived in San Antonio for any amount of time, you have probably heard his name. I'm going to let him give his background information, but I will just tell you this. I am impressed and flattered that he would make time out of his day because he's a busy guy doing big things in education in San Antonio. So thank you so, so much for being here. I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped to be here. I think this is exciting. I'm, I'm just so glad that this podcast exists, that this is happening and that you stepped forward and like took the risk to put it out there. Uh, and it's giving a, a voice to so many people who have been here already and, and so many more who are going to come and, and share the excitement of what's happening. So I'm thrilled. This is great. Yeah, so I, you know, it it is kind of a risk for me because number one, I never, my family would say otherwise. They think I talk nonstop. (laughs) I've been told to be quiet many, many times by my family members, but I don't consider myself much of a talker. Um, so I ha- it has been kind of a learning curve for me to sit down and talk to people, especially people that I'm not super familiar with or, or know by face or by name, yeah. and then to sit down and have this conversation. But the cool thing is that we're talking about something that I absolutely love, right. which makes the right. conversation just naturally, spontaneously happen. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be, this, this will be fun. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, I came down to San Antonio to go uh, to Trinity and I fell in love with the city and love that, that uh, you know, I think one of the things I, I loved about it is that we got to create and kind of write our own destiny in a way that so many other cities feel like they are already baked. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, Houston is basically what it's going to yeah. be. 
uh, Dallas is what it's going to be. We are not. We get to create our own destiny. And I'm, I, I love that about this town. Um, and so I, I fell in love with the city. I, I started teaching for uh, at the International School of the Americas, um, which is uh, on the campus of Lehigh School in, in yeah. Northeast ISD. Um, and gratefully was hired by Sherry Albright, who was who was the principal at the time, and now is you know leading Trinity yeah. and moving to Razorhand, Texas. And so she was she. I, I would say that she took a risk at the same time <laughs> and sit, letting me teach for a while. And then um, uh, I, I uh, learned about the opportunity. I went back to Trinity for a, a master's in school administration, and somebody said, "Hey, start your school, start your own school." And so um, I. Uh, learned about Kip, and Kip became a really great vehicle for me to jump out and do that. And so, uh, in 2003, we launched Kip Aspire uh, Middle School with mm-hmm. 95th graders, and that has now grown uh, over the past bunch of years to uh, being Kip in San Antonio now has uh, uh, 3,700, 800 kids. And that's amazing. It's been it's been uh, it's been a it's been a it's been a long journey. Yeah. Uh, so and, and and in the midst of that, and this is something that I you know I'm I'm um, you know if there's another day for talk to talk about charters specifically or Kip sure. or whatever, happy to do that. But today, um, you know, part of what I'm what I'm looking forward to is not being that. Yeah. Um, because because unfortunately here in San Antonio, we just there's been. There's there's generally a lot of turnover mm-hmm. in educational leadership, and so for better or for worse, I've been around for a while. Yeah, and so we get to tell some of the story about how the education reform landscape has has grown, yeah. how, why it happened, how we how did we get here, uh, San Antonio, and and you know, um, folks may or may, may or may not be aware, but San Antonio has. Uh, built up a really <clears throat> significant reputation around the country for having a really robust and exciting education reform movement that was uh, not accidental. Yeah. And so now people are saying, well, how did that happen? And what did you do? And it's and- kind of funny because I don't think San Antonians, native San Antonians, necessarily recognize that repu- the national Mm-mm. reputation. Mm-mm. You know, I think that so many times we are just sort of doing the work and the days are going by. And, you know, right. you start in August and suddenly it's December and then you come back in January and you know you're staring the year down and it's going to end and then another year is done. Yeah. And so you're not, I wasn't, I'll speak just for myself, but I know a lot of my friends would agree with me that you're not necessarily thinking about the role the city is playing or the role that the education community is playing. Right in a large big picture kind of way or or if it's any different from anybody right. else you kind you of just, assume that like well i guess everybody else is doing the same yes. thing and and i will tell you that they're not right uh and and so many people have have visited here from other states we had visitors we had 17 visitors from china recently wow. come over and say you know we've heard about what's happening in san antonio like it's really exciting and they're saying well how did you get here and um, and so this is you know we have a story to tell because the story that yeah. we collectively wrote uh, because we get to define our own destiny here in the city. I know that when I was teaching, I was teaching in an elementary school that was right across the street from where the first KIPP opened. Mm-hmm. And I had no, I, that's why I knew, because we were across the street. But other other than that close proximity, I probably would have never known because you're busy and you're yeah. invested. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that having now been out of um 
a full-time position and kind of sort of making my way through several different education venues, I'm like, oh gosh, this is so much bigger than, than I had really thought about in a long time. And so I'm just so excited to sit down and get to talk to a whole bunch of people from San Antonio, you yourself included, because I think we ought to be thinking about the big picture. Yeah. And I, that, how cool is it that people are coming from China to visit us? More, more often I hear that we are going places to visit. We go, like we, capital W, right. whoever it happens sure. to be, yeah. right? Yeah. Go to Australia, go to Canada to go check out the systems that are in place there. So it's really kind of cool that we also have visitors coming because of what's happening happening well, in I, San Antonio. I think Antonio. that's been part of what's been great. And I know that Kate Rogers has taken tons of those trips around to learn how this right. works and her work now with, with um, Raise Your Hand Texas and, and, uh, and uh, sorry, with Hawthorne, uh, sorry, Holdsworth. Um, but the, um, the, I think that's part of what makes this work is that we are committed to learning mm-hmm. uh, and, and that we have the space to apply what we do go learn. And so I think that's been part of uh, part of what we've been able to capture here. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know that even like same experience when I was teaching, you're just not aware of what's going on out mm-hmm. there enough. Um, and so that's one of the things I'm glad to like that this this um, this space in the um, tech uh, atmosphere yes. uh, fills in to say, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Yes, definitely, because I, I think that kind of what you were saying earlier about just getting an idea of what's happening in the big picture and then understanding that this is not a sudden thing, that right. actually this has been, we've been creating today for a couple of decades at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though the conversation might be a new conversation, what's been happening, it's been happening since forever. Yep, um, yeah. And at least the two of us have been in San Antonio as education leaders. Me, I started teaching in uh, my first year was the 99-2000 school mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I think of what it looks like today in 2019 and what it looked like in 1999 when I yeah. started, yeah, it's like... It's completely guys, different. Guys, and don't do the math. I don't want you to know how old I am. I shouldn't have said what years I started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I... It's just, it's a really different place, but yeah. I still see elements of the conversations we're having yep. um, that were happening back in 1999 when I started. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, uh, this, has been a, this has been a thrilling journey and, and we have more and more peace, people speaking into it. Um, you know, but, it, but as, we, as, we, as we think about this, like the education reform uh, and, and ed landscape and how did we create what we have, it is, um, uh, I think you know you and I entered the journey in the late-ish '90s, mm-hmm. right? Same time, mm-hmm. but but so many, so much of the story was already written by the time we got here, right? Um, and and I think that you know my best education about this, and, uh, and and I think somebody who's just brilliant and should everyone should hear her her talk is Dr. Christine Drennan, at who Dr. Drennan. If yep. you're listening. Yeah, she is. She's mm-hmm. brilliant about this. And um, but we'll we'll name for people like how we got to this face and how like we used to have over 50 school districts in San Antonio. Um, and so the fact that we like so only have 17, which still is a ton. Yes. Um, and how they came together, who merged, who didn't. Uh, and and, you know, SAISD was kind of the first one. But but, you know, it's it's important for us to keep in mind and she will share with you you know back in the day the SAISD 
was really a, a, a square right around downtown, which had massive flooding problems. And so um, to create a place for people to leave to, they created uh, other districts and other places to live that all sound, had words in them that sounded high, like hmm. Alamo Heights. Oh, they're out ah. of the floodplain. Castle Hills, Alta Vista, Monta Vista, Beacon hmm. Hill. Like all of those are up high saying you can move here and be away from the flood, the mess. Right. And so this was the big, this was kind of the, one of the earliest stages of uh, how people started uh, using their wealth and their land wealth to move to a new place and to create a different and, and to separate themselves from other folks here in San Antonio. And you look, you look at that map and then when the school districts were merging, uh, back in the day, SAISD called Alamo Heights and said, hey, can we can we like merge with you? Can we all be together and be one? And Alamo Heights, of course, said, um, we, looking Thanks, back, they said, no, thank you. But but before you kind of feel bad about SAISD, Edgewood also called SAISD and said, can we combine with you? And they didn't return their call. Huh. So so this is this is this has been out here for a long time. And so much of this was initially defined by redlining uh, from the federal government, defined definition of, of, of land plot size, mm-hmm. which determines how much real estate wealth your family can, can hold. And um, the redlining started se- segregating out um, or, or defined the segregation of uh, Mexican-American, African-American, and white with where it was okay to lend based on the federal government. And so we we like where we are today and being one of the most economic, I think the most economically mm-hmm. segregated city in the country, this was absolutely intentional. Like right. this was made. This was not an accident. It wasn't just kind of people making their own choices. There were very clear policies that built where we where we stand. And what time what time frame are we are we talking about? Like are we talking about yeah, so Dr. Drennan would be the better one to speak to that, but I, this is this is a this is a hundred years ago, yeah. right? And so um, uh, when and so the um, ish hundred years right. ago ish, right? Um, then um, and so this began the move to say like you know that we talk about this idea of school choice and it's mm-hmm. like oh this is a new buzzword it's a new thing mm-hmm. and but like school choice is not new this school exactly. choice has been around since their first time there were two schools <laughs> and somebody could say well i'm going to move over there or i'm going to move over here mm-hmm. and you make a choice and that happens with realtors it happens with mm-hmm. with families that live here in town um but school choice has been around but the question is like okay it's been around for whom who got to exercise school choice? And for the first, you know, up until uh, 15 years ago, the people who, like the landed class, which right. is a which is a fairly loaded term, but intentional, because if you got to choose your where you bought your home, you got to have school choice. Yeah. Um, or if you were private school, which was the same, you had right. the, you had the you funds had to, to do the it. Funds. Mm-hmm. So um, this is this this idea of school choices is not a brand new thing. Um, and I think that the really the first, uh, the biggest impact of school choice that's been around for so long is if you look before the first charter school launched, um, SAISD used to have 75-ish thousand kids. Mm-hmm. And even before the first charter school happened, they were down to about 55,000. Well, the biggest b- beneficiary of that and what drove that was people moving to Northeast and Northside. Right. And 
some of it was the aging of the population, but so many yeah. people just moved to Northeast and Northside. So they were the big winners in school choice. And they mm -hmm. would say, well, that's because we created something that people wanted, um, which I think is a fair case. Sure. But it did drive part of where we are today, even before you and I took the, our first step in the classroom. Right. Well, it was when we were in school, mm -hmm. when I was in school. You yes, know? right. Um, my family, we moved uh, to the outskirts of, well, what was then the outskirts of San Antonio. Now it's San Antonio proper. It's yeah. very busy where, where my parents moved. But we moved off of like, if you're from San Antonio, the Outer Loop, 1604, right at 1604 and Braun Road, yeah. which in the early 90s was like the boondocks like mm -hmm. i was mm -hmm. so mad at my family there our biggest worry when we moved was coyotes yeah. and coming from the inner city where i was living i was living pretty close to woodland lake which is the center mm -hmm. of our city oh, yeah. and moving way out there and having to worry about coyotes it was also really quiet and very dark that's what i remember about moving yeah. in the early 90s it felt like we were so far from the city yeah um and the schools were extremely, they were all new. Yeah. It was a brand new facility right. because- And you were with a lot of other, you were with ten, tens of thousands of other families making the same choice, exercising school choice because your family could. Right. And, and but we also know that we have, we have even more tens of thousands of families who, who could not. You don't move. Right. And we, we make sure that like, well, you could say, well, that, but there are like low income housing in some places, mm -hmm. but we really, a lot of places really work to, to have that not in their communities. And well, so and even in there those, aren't a lot of places to even go. Even in those places, the mobility rate is so high that you aren't necessarily going to experience the benefit of a brand new right. school for very long. Not right. necessarily. I mean, the, right. the mobility rate is just so high. Yep. So, so we, so we, so well, so much of this happened before you and I even started. So where, where I have knowledge and, you know, and kind of to start the, start the journey is back um, in, in starting to name out, uh, like how did, what was the role of choice and how has that expanded in San Antonio? Um, what was happening in the broader dialogue? What was the role of philanthropy? What was the role of like our legislative work? Um, and, and what's happening in the educational landscape? And that's part of like the journey that I, I think is uh, worth us Definitely. discussing. So, so like we think about the, the benefit, you know, back with uh, Northeast and Northside, we talked about them. Mm -hmm. They were actually the pioneers of school choice uh, because um, Health Careers High School mm -hmm. launched in 1984 was the first uh, like magnet school in, in San Antonio. And not only did they, were they a magnet for Northside, but you could go there from other districts too. Right. And I wanted to like make a connection because um, in, uh, when Jean Russell was here, she yes. commented, she's like, I'm, I, I want the young people to own downtown. Yes. And, um, what I, I think it's like the, 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 the best is yet to come. Like yes. when the kids we're working with now are, are like, have our jobs, that's right. where that's like when things are going to be much, much better. Um, but, but it's worth naming that like the young people are already driving downtown because mm -hmm. two of the first people, two of the very early folks who went from low income, uh, 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 school districts that were not Northeast, Northside, I mean, that went to Health Careers High School mm -hmm. were Dax Moreno and Lorenzo Gomez. Exactly. Right? Who's, yes. Who then, they were those young people who now are def are defining downtown. Right. And like, we wouldn't Yay. be here, We right, we wouldn't be here talking. So exciting. Yeah, but for that school of choice right. launching back in 1984. Yes. And so like, 
like we get a, a, a little bit of ability to like see the future, which is absolutely super and cool. I so uh, business careers was the second one that opened. Yep, and I was in their founding class. Yes, they started in ninety one, the ninety one ninety two mm-hmm. school year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, again, was really kind of annoyed with my parents for making me apply. I really wanted to go to school where all my friends were. I wrote the worst essay I could think of, um, and I still got in. I think they were just letting people in because it was a brand new school. And I was like, how did this even happen to me? But I will tell you that I learned so much those four years that yeah. I still am... I, I'm, I'm still looking back and thinking, well, what would have been different if I had not experienced that um, back then? Right, and and it so it's like the the um, so good good on your your parents for for yes, thanks, mom. having thanks, right Dad. knowing about it and and being able to take advantage of that and it's helped to to create a path that may not have been available otherwise. So, um, but so it's it's thrilling that there are you know, the, 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 the handful that got to experience that back then, but there were so many others who, who did not, um, or didn't have the ability to take advantage of that. And so following that, then the International School of the Americas Mm -hmm. in 1994 was Northeast, uh, then ComArts, J Science, all back at Northside. So there was a, there was an increasing, uh, uh, this idea of like launching new schools just had never happened. That weren't bound by attendance zones, right? right? So right. we should say like all of these schools that we're talking about, Thank you. Yep. anybody could apply to them. Whether you were living in the district or you were coming from out of the school district, you could apply to the magnet program. Right, right. And so I think, I think, I think what is, um, it, it's, a, it's a really thrilling piece that has happened there. But, you know, I think that if we look back on like what was going on in the city and mm-hmm. like what were the city's beliefs about education back then? And I think that um, a, I would name a couple of things that other people I'm sure would, would disagree with, but but to, to, to kind of gen- overgeneralize. One, um, I think that people were mostly okay with the, the state of education the, as a city. Uh, sure. There was otherwise, I think we would have seen more people animated about it and, sure. they, and they kind of weren't. Um, and... Um, I think that there were there were no examples back at that point of low income schools serving primarily kids of color performing at the highest level mm-hmm. of with anybody else in the city and yeah. doing so year over year. There were no examples. And so people had this sense of like, oh, it's poverty or it's ethnicity or mm-hmm. it's the parents or it's uh housing or hunger in my chair every right time. <laughs> right like but just, but but people had that sure. we had that sense and there and there weren't there weren't uh there wasn't a proof of concept to say otherwise mm-hmm. because because we just hadn't seen that and so and we and we are also very segregated and the other thing i think that was what was new is it back at that point we were just at the beginning of trying to recruit businesses to come to san antonio so and 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 you know back with you know henry cisneros and right. that saying hey come here so we hadn't experienced the rejection yet of people looking at our education system and saying you get this is not good enough mm-hmm. so that had really just begun at the same time our city council had, and mayor had massive term limits. So yeah. nobody was tracking how are we doing in education over time. We have 17 school districts. Nobody has a citywide view. Uh, our superintendents 
largely turnover yeah. every three to five years, mm-hmm. um, except for the, again, northeast and north side with, with folks in Middleton, kind mm-hmm. of for our, you know, lifers in there, yeah. which was, yeah. you know, great for the stability. Yes. Um, but I think that that was a, that was a real, that was a, that was a, that was just the reality of what education was at that time. There wasn't a tremendous amount of innovation because we didn't have a mechanism for innovation. Right. Now, it was, I think there's no shortage of new ideas. Sure. Uh, but, but there were just not a lot of mechanisms to, to bring that about. So, so I think that it was a, it was a kind of steady as she goes uh, time mm-hmm. back then. And, and um, you think about how much could have happened if we had other mechanisms. Um, so it's, it's thrilling to, to, to kind of see that like that was the world that you and I entered the classroom into. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking too, you know, you you made a point earlier about the large turnover rate or the frequency um, there, that we don't, we haven't had because in some cases there were term limits. In other cases, there were other opportunities where people could advance quicker. And so they ended up leaving. But that, that meant that you couldn't, there wasn't consistency. Mm-hmm. So even if you started a new idea, it right. wasn't always going to be sustainable because you didn't know if they were going to be around long enough to see the effort, right? True. And I saw that in my own career, in my own years as being um, a school leader, where you, I really do feel like once you get to a school, it takes three to five years yeah. to figure out, I mean, that's my theory. Yeah. But I never got to experience that because I would get moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you're doing something and then some, there a uh, a hole exists somewhere else and they say well you know what let me take this and i need you to come over here and before you know it you're starting you're facing a new set of problems because every campus has different challenges yeah. and you're just sort of starting over so you did so i see that in what you're saying too with even our city leaders yep. that just when you're you might be on to something they're it's moved, a new leader right? or they're termed yeah. out or right. right yeah and and that happens on the individual and the and the systemic level and and it was not helpful for us because nobody could kind of put their arms around education right uh and say Let, let's let's look at the whole thing and let's lift the whole city up and uh, I think that was that was a, a, a real challenge. And, and gratefully, there are a couple of things that happened after that time. One, we finally got rid of term limits, but that wasn't all that long ago. Um, but you know, this mechanism for like lack of innovation. So the Texas Charter, uh, Texas Legislature authorized charter schools back in '95. And um, one of the things that happened early on, which was super not helpful, is that the first year they authorized like 12 or 14 charters to come mm-hmm. into existence. And the charter school office had three or four people in it. The next year they authorized another 12. Um, the next And the charter school office had three or four people in it. The next year they authorized anyone who applied. They authorized 178 wow. charters in generation three. I don't know why. It was, I'm so it was a bad <laughs> idea. So like, and the charter school's office was still about four people. Oh, wow. And so you look at kind of the, the kind of the dark and the, the bad headline grabbing yeah. charters. Uh-huh. Uh, and most of them came out of generation three because there was just not the oversight. And so we had to go back later on and, and try to clean that up. Uh, but um, that's part of what, what happened. So it, it allowed a lot of like a thousand flowers to bloom, but like some of the flowers shouldn't bloom. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there were a couple of early, early folks that jumped out, uh, Trinity university, um, back in the day they used to send, they trained a lot of good fit. They got great, great reputation. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly biased about <laughs> that, but, um, but the vast majority of their folks went into suburban districts. They yeah. went to Northeast and North side and Alamo Heights. 
And um, a, a, around this time, they, they said, look, let's partner with uh, SAISD. And they started Hawthorne Academy, which has been... It's a great since, campus. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And they do brilliant educators are, are there, are built there, come mm-hmm. from... Like, they're just great stuff. Uh, but they launched in 02. And it was, and then Trinity soon like started pivoting to start uh, sending more of their teachers or or encouraging their teachers and leaders to to go into the uh, to into the downtown area into SAISD mm-hmm. right and so um, and that created started to create a talent movement that was really important for us as a city um, around this time this is when I launched uh, Kip Aspire and. Um, to give a sense again about like, you know, one of my, one of my purposes, and, and I, I, I hope people can hear this in the, in the way I intend it. Um, I've never cared all that much about Kip. Kip was never the point. Um, Kip was a vehicle for what I really, really want. And what I really, really want is that every single student in San Antonio can wake up and walk into an outstanding school, no yeah. matter where they live. Right. Period. And that's the thing I want mm-hmm. uh, most. And, and so I, I don't get I don't, you know, I don't let that get confused. But so back in the day, I actually went to SAISD before I launched KIPP and said, can I, um, can I be an industry charter? And I, I got thrown out pretty quickly. I was, <laughs> I was 26. It probably was good judgment on their behalf, but they, but they said two things one, they were like, look, um, you, uh, you're going to take our kids. And I was like, well, but they're going to still be in SAISD, but okay. Mm-hmm. And the other was, look, you want to start, um, um, you want to launch a school with a with a hundred kids and then grow grade level by grade level. Anybody can launch a great school like that, and then full stop. And I was like, Whoa. "Then do it. Uh, <laughs> let's go." And but but that wasn't available. That just right. wasn't part of the thinking because we just we weren't at that level of innovation at that point. So um, we um, we uh, and about this time also, I think SA twenty twenty was starting to launch, which really highlighted with with Castro and uh, and Gene Russell played a big role mm-hmm. in that and and what Molly Cox has carried on like has started to really highlight how important um, education was and to start to set some community goals and take advantage of the sense in San Antonio that we could we get to write our own future right uh, and and which again that wasn't that just you know no because in such a weird way San Antonio San Antonians are such traditionalists yeah that it's always, a t- I feel like it's always a tough sell when you're saying like, no, we get to decide. Mm-hmm. We don't have mm-hmm. to do what everybody else has been doing right. if we don't really want to. Right. And we're not going to go to hell for that. Like we're, right. it's right. all going to be okay. Right. Right. We're, we can step away from what's been the normal thing to do. Yeah. Um, that, and, and, and that doesn't mean that we are backsliding in any way right. or aren't staying true to the values that we've set in place. We just don't have to do it the same way right. over and over and over again. But I do feel like in some weird way, we are such traditionalists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that- and and it keeps us from from like activating our highest selves, I think, sometimes. There's a, a city, there's a town outside of San Antonio, and I can't remember which one it is. I'm sure that somebody will... Uh, write to me and correct and let me know <laughs> it's Schulenberg or something like that. But they're but they're they're um, I saw a billboard coming in on I ten and their their city slogan was gently resisting change since like eighteen forty four, and I felt like I was like oh, okay that, yeah. you know that could have been us, um, but 
but there's not this, to knock tradition. Mm-mm. No, right? no, no. Because I mean, like, there's there's this like the, great thing coming out of culture and absolutely. like the power of of what of who we are as an in our identity. But like, how do we take that and also uh, own our own destiny? Yeah. How, how do we channel? all of that tradition and culture um, and value system and put it into something that is creative and innovative and yeah. and impressive and right. does well by everybody no matter where you are right in the city and and so gratefully around this time like pe- people started saying oh this 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 is something we can explore and and again northeast north side uh, SAISD started this process of launching new schools and some of were cr- the Kruger magnets uh, 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 with the technology or data um, uh, in, in a number of different magnet programs in Northeast and Northside. Um, the uh, SAISD then launched Young Women's Leadership Academy and Travis Early College High School. Those are the first two that after mm-hmm. they, they, but again, like between the time they told me, gosh, anybody could do that, and by the time they launched the school, that was that was a five-year gap. Yeah. Um, and and one of the leaders told me at the time, like, part of the reason we're doing that is I'm tired of hearing about Kip. <laughs> um, and so again, like Kip was never the point, but what what Kip's what Kip did, I think, uh, in early on was that it was a proof of concept. Right. When you say can a school with that serves low-income kids of color, kids living in poverty, um can you perform at the highest levels and can you do it year over year? The answer had always been no. Well, now the answer was like, oh, actually, actually you can. Right. And uh, our, we had a bunch of our seventh graders uh, take the uh, SAT as part of the Duke Talent Search. Mm-hmm. Well, all of our seventh graders, uh, and I actually like, I did a bad, uh, it was principal. I, I forgot <laughs> the date when it was supposed to happen. I didn't prepare them at all. I sent them without calculators. But What's what's amazing about that is all of our seventh graders who took it, uh, the vast majority of them had older brothers and sisters in tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade taking it as well. Mm-hmm. That were not part of KIPP. They were they were in in because I didn't have a high school back sure. then. Um, all of our seventh graders' scores beat their older siblings. So you go, well, hang on, I thought this was about parents. Same parents. Oh, hang on, I thought this was about. Uh, the housing stock. I thought this was about poverty. I thought this was about hunger. And like, we really can't fix the problem until those things are fixed. Right. And they go, oh, wait a second. Schools can anyway. Schools can be an agent and driver of change in our communities. And schools could do that. This was this was something that we just really hadn't proven in San Antonio mm-hmm. yet. And so when that started to happen, our community was like, hey, uh, then we want to see more of it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, SAISD, how are you? How will you respond? And eventually, they launched these schools, which are now phenomenal. Bonham launched about this time, which is like, you know, a gem. Yes. And and like like the the way Bonham grew, I think, is its own phenomenal mm-hmm. story. That I think that there's like brilliant people. Gene Prussell is probably one of them who can <laughs> write that story. But like, it was it thrilling. Um, we launched a high school then about that time because our kids uh, needed it. But there was um, this 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 growth started the change. And the other thing that I think um, is like not not particularly well known is that back in the day, um, most of the large philanthropies around San Antonio would give I'm, I'm making up fifty to seventy five gifts a year, mm-hmm. ten thousand, twenty five thousand sure. to a smattering of of charities yeah. and nonprofits. And, uh, but it was kind of like maintenance giving. Nothing really changed all that much for for right. their giving, even though they were giving away a million, two million, three million dollars a year, but it was in such small chunks and not particularly directed. Well, 
um, around this time nationally, the philanthropic movement started shifting and people started giving to create transformative change. And this was a, like a brand new idea. And a couple of the major foundations here in town made made that jump and said, we're going to give deep. We're like mm -hmm. big dollar amounts. We're going to give multi-year gifts, which they had not done before. But but as a nonprofit, receiving a multi-year gift. Yeah, that's a big deal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it helps you. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's and a it, big deal. Because you're like, I have a future and I can right. plan and I can, I can launch. sustainability. Yeah, you're I, can not gonna, I can launch new things. You're right? not going to fizzle out in year two. Right, right. And I can take risks now that I that may not pay off for two right. or three years. And, and they said, and we're going to give in a focused way. And gratefully, a couple of the biggest foundations in town chose low-income education and said, we want to give in this area because we believe this is the driver for the rest of this, uh, the rest of the change that we want to see around food and housing mm -hmm. and, and poverty and that kind of thing. Um, that, that changed what was available. So now, not only do we have a mechanism with in-district charters and traditional open enrollment charters, um, but now we have resources. Right. And so the movement starts to pick up speed uh, about that time around uh, and more more examples of choice, not only existing, but actually working. Right. right? So right. this is, it's it's exciting. It's very exciting. And I, I you know, when I, I think of through it and I think of there were certain leverage points that had to happen that you utilized that created kind of an ecosystem that allowed the success to happen. And, and so, so you pointed out some of those leverage points, which was being able to start a school small and grow it, right? Yep. Having resources available they, at your discretion. Mm -hmm. Here's your check. Yeah. Figure it out. Well, they, they had to buy into the, like, well, what sure. was happening yeah. in the plan. Yeah. Yep. But you still had some, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, carte blanche, like do whatever you want, but it was like, here's the money that you need to do the thing you're thinking of doing. Yep. Um, and so I do understand that in a big system, and I, I we had um, Joanna and Ryan that are starting, they're just working through their application for our charter, The Gathering Place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They were they were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And they were saying, you know, charters really are the innovation mechanism. That's the design, is that it is an innovation mechanism. And in a huge system, the mechanism for innovation is sometimes stifled by the system mm -hmm. itself. And so lots of organizations actually create a separate entity to yep. be their innovator, right? Like right? an R&D arm. Yes. Yep. And so I feel like you're sort of reiterating that same point and saying that those leverage points, they may not ha have been possible at the time that it was in your heart and mind to make it happen in the large ISD system. Right. And over the years, the large ISD has kind of said, hey, we ought to be taking some cues because it is working and mm -hmm. it is worth our time to go back and think, well, how can we start a school from from a small class and grow it? Which, to yeah. your point, SAISD has done, you know, with yeah. Women's, yeah. women's Leadership and now Academy, a whole lot Men's more Leadership Academy. Yeah, right. right. Um, the Advanced Learning Academy started with a few grade levels. You know, it just, Cast Tech started with a few grade levels. Yep. And so I do see that that, that is happening. Um, here's the thing, though. I still think it is a very tough pill for some people to swallow. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's, and I'm sort of, as I'm sitting and talking to people, 
I'm sort of recognizing that, man, there's just been a lot of resistance to that idea. And now, I'm, and when I was working in the large ISD, I, I would frequently hear, they're taking our kids, they are the competitor, we need to be thoughtful. And I felt that way even when it was new schools opening in our same school district. Yeah. Because then I still felt like, man, my neighborhood school is losing there's this talent draw out of our student body to go to these schools of choice, even yeah. in our school district. Like we're not forget mm-hmm. tar- forget mm-hmm. charters that yeah. aren't part of yeah, the yeah. ISD. I'm losing students to go to, to other go schools. To go to like of- Young Ones Leadership yeah, Academy. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so it, I still, I, I don't know if it's that traditional. Well, I think you know we what we built was here for hundreds of years. And, and that's just hard to change. And to go from a sense where you are, th- where, where, where an organization, an ISD, is the only game right. to, uh, and, and a monopoly, really, yeah. to a place that, that now innovation becomes part of the way we do business is a very, is a very hard shift. And I think that um, um, I've seen more and more examples now of ISDs um, par- partnering with charters uh, to um, to having folks who used to be with charters, they would hire, they'll hire them away, uh, which is great. That's happened to us a couple of times, <laughs> which I'm like really thrilled about um, and putting them in a position to drive more change. So like, and, and I think that um, because, because uh, you know, this like, well, we'll fight change or we'll, um, right. we'll co- co- co-opt it, learn from it. Like this is, this is great. I, I, you know, this is the moment like in the, we're in, in uh, the moment. Yeah. Where a, you can... a number of years ago, I had a conversation with a, a superintendent who was kind of upset about the, uh, some of the volume of new charters. And they said, look, I'm going to, um, uh, you, we watch what's going to happen. We're going to rebuild this program. We're going to rebuild that program. We're going to launch this. We're going to do that. And all these kids are going to come back. And I was like, great. Like Perfect. this is this is good. So, but the but the the issue, and and we get to this kind of later in the kind of the the, the story. But like, so much of that is driven by competition, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a there's a better path, which is we 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 use the word coopetition. Yes. Right. And like, yes. there's another way. So mm-hmm. we we get to that later. But like in in 2010, that wasn't the order of the day, um, and and you know in that next era. Of, of 2010 up to you know maybe 2014 a number of really big things shifted here in San Antonio and so one of those was that uh, our city government said we have a role to play mm-hmm. uh, they don't have any jurisdiction over ISDs but they said look we can bracket as we can bracket public education so we're gonna work we're gonna launch um, pre-k for SA to kind of to get people ready and then we're gonna do cafe college at right. the other end so that was as far as they could go. But those were both outpourings of SA, uh, uh, SA 2020 mm-hmm. um, and started to shift this work. Um, about that time uh, in 2010, Teach for America got here, and which started uh, to be an influx of a different kind of talent sure. that, um, that, that has ended up you know, really becoming part of San Antonio and, and is now leading many of the most innovative schools we have in town and, Mm -hmm. and, and highest performing, uh, and they are doing amazing work. Um, and, um, around this time also, one of the things that was really helpful is Senate, uh, Senate bill two passed and Senate bill two was something that, that we as charters really advocated for, but what it did was put a cap on, 
uh, charters. It took the language from the commissioner may close a charter to a commissioner shall close a charter if. So if you have three bad years, Mm -hmm. you are... Uh, you will be automatically closed. So people are like, oh, charters, they don't have any accountability. Like right. that is death that's, accountability. Yeah, it is. Like they will shut you down, which is just right. Yes. Uh, that should happen. And so we have closed dozens of the generation, mostly generation mm-hmm. three, but closed dozens of the bad charters <clears throat> here in San Antonio and around the state um, to try to start to, to reshape what a charter, what open enrollment charter school was doing. Um, and then- um, the so so each of these things shifted. Waiting for Superman came out, which I think right. put lit a fire under a lot of people and said, "Okay, now I have a visibility into. I understand the stories of mm-hmm. so many of the kids who are like waiting for a lottery ball to drop to get access to choice, which is insane, it is but insane. it's how it works. Right. Um, and um, and unfortunately, we're still there. We have like forty thousand kids in San Antonio on a waiting list mm-hmm. to get into charters, which is um, you know, which says something. It says something, right? Yes. About the desire for uh, for choice. Yes. Um, and <clears throat> around this time, um, uh, Young Women's Leadership Academy in 2013 was ranked the number one middle school in Texas. Like, awesome! It's that, it, phenomenal. It's, it's so it's so it's, it's so great. And and so again, it's like this proof of concept that like true excellence happens in SAISD. Yes. And and again, for a long time that we didn't have like like solid uh, year over year, year over year, this can happen. They mm-hmm. outperform anybody. Which those of us who went into education, particularly if we're going into low income areas, like this is what we believed. Yes. You know, I I think I I, I think it was actually on Diego's. Um, uh, in our conversation, Facebook. Oh, uh-huh. or it was actually on a Facebook feed, uh-huh. but it, it was that idea that like um, poten- uh, talent and potential are everywhere. Opportunity, Opportunity is not. Opportunity is not. Right, and so now that it was like, oh, it really is everywhere once we provide opportunity. So, so mm-hmm. um, the then they started uh, growing in this rec- mechanism of choice. Uh, Lee Stem uh, happened in Northeast. Uh, Great Hearts is a, a public charter school that launched. Mm-hmm. Basis launched around this time, uh, but so did St. Philip's Early College High School. Uh, Idea launched four campuses with two schools apiece here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. really exploding in their growth. Uh, Kip launched three more schools, and a lot of this was facilitated by a group called Choose to Succeed, who mm-hmm. really was a um, um, a, a, a welcome. Uh, committee to help charters come in and and take root and grow in San Antonio and launch these schools, which which we knew that like Kip was could never grow fast enough to right. to to take on the waiting list that we're talking about. So um, so you look at that that realm kind of at the end of 2014 compared to when you and I walked into the classroom, it's, like everything's different. Everything is different. Yeah. Everything about what we do today in education is different from my first year teaching. Yeah. The, the, the similar, I mean, the kids are kids. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change. Right. And teachers are teachers. Yep. And that doesn't change um, necessarily. But the mech, the systems that exist did not exist in 1999. They didn't. It's just right. totally different. The landscape is different. And and one of the things I want to highlight here, because, because uh, again, like, um, um, like 
hardworking, committed, brilliant educators in the classroom were not born when charter schools happened. They were not born when in-district charter schools happened. They were not, that didn't happen. That has been happening all All along. The entire time, Mm -hmm. brilliant, brilliant teachers creating like um, pockets of excellence in SAISD and East Central in Edgewood and South Sand in Northeast and North, the whole place. They're just these little microcosms of good things happening. And it's exactly what you just said. It's a pocket of excellence here, a pocket over here, a pocket over there. And we would have conversations at my, at my schools that said, I don't, we don't need pockets of excellence. We need a whole system of excellence. Like at, at our school on a school campus basis, we might have 10 phenomenal teachers but that meant you know what about the other 23 yeah we got to get all 33 teachers have to be phenomenal teachers with a great leader and the the autonomy to drive what you needed to drive for the school because it 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 flows both ways when you have a great kindergarten teacher the first grade teacher's work is a little bit easier yeah when you have a great first grade teacher the second grade teacher's right. work is just a little bit easier right it's it's easier to come by yep. um you you're you don't have the gaps you're closing are not so wide so if this right. if that's true in just one school building mm-hmm. how can it not be true for the whole city yeah your conversation was not limited to where you taught it, that that conversation was happening in I'm certain every school in the city of San Antonio. Period. Mm-hmm. Everyone like had that sense of like if only and if what if there were, and so then so then our work was like and so how do we create, and so um, like this to flash forward like we now have systems for innovation we now have resources to help drive that we have more and more evidence that not just one or two or three uh schools that were doing this now we have 10 now we have 30 and that says like there is a different way and we can do this and so we began the the, the system started shifting even more and gratefully one of the things that said look we were you know we started to try to but but still there's this sense of like are you traditional ISD or are you charter? And there's right. a there's a battle. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that actually um, a local uh, superintendent actually sent out an email to thousands of people that said we're in a war and everyone has to choose sides. Like, hey, I think that's no, like, that's probably been a really common refrain. Yes, you know oh, that yeah. that you you are pro ISD or you are pro charter. Yeah. Forget about just being pro good education. Yeah, you, know, and, like, no, you need to pick a side. Yeah. And 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 like I have I have had uh, and I've been you know I've been trying to find ways to partner with SISD and other other districts for a long long time, but yeah like I've had uh, I, I've actually um, like been referred to as the enemy like directly to my face which is which is nice of them to do it that way, um, but but also like um, some school boards have passed. Uh, resolutions saying that their superintendent was not allowed to talk to me like because like that was and that now like it was like I was not the point I was never it was never the th- it was it wasn't about me but it was about this battle that was that was being drawn in the sense of like we are not going to work with them that is right. not how we operate kind of territorial like you're encroaching in our corner yes yeah and it was um yeah and and so I, I use the term feudal Right, yeah. I, and and I kind of mean both spellings of that, right? Or I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of a yes. homonym, not entirely a homonym, but close. <laughs> um, but so so then, what happened 
kind of in the next five, four or five year chunk is the city education partners with, uh, with now with Joel Harris and uh, launch has said, look, we actually just want to fund low, great low income schools and create more seats where kids are, are doing amazing work. We have, we do not care. Is it ISD? Awesome. Is it charter? Great. Let's get to work. Um, and let's, let's stop this. And so they started really starting to, to say we, there's a bigger game to play. Um, uh, around this time, um, the uh, something else happened that started to drive uh, this opportunity for partnership, and that was that um, House Bill eighteen forty two passed, which allowed for districts of innovation to come into being, which SAISD is now, yes. right, and and a number of others in town, mm-hmm. and it also created the five strikes rule that said if it if it if an ISD traditional public school is is uh, in IR for five years you either have to partner with an outside group or we're gonna, and if or close it or the state will take over the school board right and so like but up until that time for the last uh, you, you know 298 years you go could, on you could go you on just go on there was no penalty there was right. no end there was no true accountability for having a really bad school for a long time and so um that started to drive this this opportunity for like, oh, we we really do need to have something to do. It gave it, it gave districts political cover that said, no, we're acting on this school because we have to, right? Um, or and it gave them a motivation and started to look around. And I would say one of the things I think is great is about I don't know I, I lose track of time here, but I don't know five to eight years ago, probably more like eight leadership. San Antonio uh, leadership SAISD launched right, mm-hmm. and building singing to the community and and come in, come see what we're about. Yes. Like there's some awesome stuff happening. We want you to know about it, mm-hmm. but we want to get you informed and ready. And and what's come out of that is that a, a small handful of those folks have said, "I want to actually go a lot deeper. I'd like to run for the school board." Yeah, and 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 now they are, yes. and the board has been reforming itself yes. and like doing. I, I think like shockingly Just, amazing work yes. on their own necessary board. Work. Like you watch yes. what's happening here and c- compared to what's happening in HISD. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so amazing. And, and because Pedro, people are like, I'm so thrilled that Pedro came here and I am too. Like, I think yes. he's great. He is, he is, uh, he is a phenomenal leader. He's, I think he's innovative. It's, it's, he's, he's been amazing to work with, but the board had to become the board Mm-hmm. That would be the board that would choose somebody like Pedro, right? And so, like, I don't want to miss that work. Like, they they did that self work first, mm-hmm. and I think that's like really it's, to be commended. It's exciting and it's impressive, and you know, at times it's been painful. I I have worked for SEISD, like I said, for since 1999. Mm-hmm. I love my school district. Yeah, you know, I, I just I could I couldn't tell you. I couldn't explain it how much I love the work that I get to do. Um, And I've had many roles in the school district. And I will say, like, I'm going to get teary-eyed because I just feel like we're going to, we're on to something good and we're going to, we're going to make right. We're going to do right by the students that we serve. And I know we've been talking a lot. We've focused a lot of our conversation on San Antonio ISD. But it's because it's the heart of the city. Yeah. It's the inner city. A- amen. It, it, it's the inner city. It's the, the heart of San Antonio. Everything started right there. And it's sort of grown out of 
SAISD, but that is where we come from. If you are from San Antonio, yep. this is this is the nucleus of the city. And so I just can't say enough. Like for all the times we missed the mark, I feel like mm-hmm. this is the moment where we can go back and say, hey, you know what? We're we are gonna get it we're gonna get it right. Yeah. And and so and so I think it's incumbent on all of us no matter our seat to say like how do we participate right in um helping saisd reach its own potential because like the teachers are 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 working as hard as they possibly can our teachers are right it's just amazing they're amazing because they they know the the pedagogy and they know the content Mm -hmm. but beyond that they also know they have a heart for the community that they're serving like they are they're committed to the uprising that they are trying to create, yes. right? They yeah. see they see the potential, they see the importance and the significance of what it means when somebody becomes literate or what mm-hmm. it means when somebody can enter a workforce that can provide for a family. It, they just... Yes, it, right. I um, am clearly biased, but to me, it means something entirely different yeah. to work in an inner city school than anywhere on earth, mm-hmm. like anywhere on earth, any mm-hmm. profession, any, any, anything. It, it's just, to me, it's where it is at because you're starting at the very beginning, the very beginning of somebody's life where you can start to build a trajectory for that person to go on and do other amazing things, right. whatever that ends up being. Right. That they can have a choice-filled they life. They can have a choice-filled life. Right. They can be and, anywhere, go anywhere, do anything. And, and, and hopefully come back to San Antonio or, or yes. be here and like and create create what the can help San yeah. Antonio as yeah. a city reach its potential. But like none mm-hmm. of this like we are going we are so intimately tied to uh to the to the the um the impact of SAISD because it because its nature is the core of our city. Yes. And so um I think it is it is it is really remarkable that um, SAISD had um, in this work early. Pedro laid out some ambitious five-year goals. They're making really phenomenal progress against them. Um, he went out for a couple of tax ratification elections, some other things. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable support. It, the tax ratification election. The, it, SAISD is broken up into sixty-six voting blocks. Um, areas mm-hmm. um, tax certification election was approved in 65 of 66 Unbe- that's unbelievable like unbelievable support and the board has been so unified against him I think that in the time he's been here there's only been a single vote that they have taken that wasn't unanimous in, mm-hmm. in support in, uh, with it wasn't unanimous period uh, which is shocking for any any school board but the like the commitment to to driving the future is is mm-hmm. just uh, is just is just amazing the um one of the things that this enabled that i was really thrilled that we could participate in is pedro and i were talking early on when he was here and and saying like what work can we do together uh because i really want to find that so uh, one of the, there's a lot that Kip needs to learn how to get, and that we're working on learning how to get better at, and that's just part of our sure. DNA is like let's keep learning. But one of the things that we actually do pretty well is how to do the counseling work to get kids into into college, and mm-hmm. then how to support them in college. And so um, Pedro had put out some post secondary goals, which no one other you know like superintendents don't do right. That I've, I've yeah. never seen another superintendent do that. So that like awesome. Yes, but but SAISD. Has doesn't have a great track record of the college counseling work, mm-hmm. 
Um, lots of people working hard, communities engaged, Cafe College has been a part of it, but like saying like, here is the play we can run that really is going to enable this to happen. We didn't have uh, enough evidence of that. So we said, hey, why don't we help? So we had actually gone to Valero um, uh, Foundation and said, hey, can we have, we were going to ask him for Mm $300,000 to support our Kip Through College program. Well, by the time that they came for the tour, we said, uh, Valero, we did this partnership with Pedro, and we were like, "Um, so, (laughs) hey, Valero, um, there's this change of opportunity here. What we actually would like is not 300,000, but 3 million. And, but we want to make a five-year commitment in this deep partnership. I with, wish you could have seen my face right now. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it was like, it was, it was, it was, and they were like, oh, that's kind of, kind of, bold, you know, brazen. Pretty, yeah. But, but I was like, look, it's this five-year partnership. It's not happening anywhere in the country right now. Like we can, we can, this is, this is what we've been trying to find is the, is a path to this for so, so long. So to their credit, they said, well, give us two minutes. And I was like, oh, right now? <laughs> like, and, and they said, but but this is a, just a great example of how philanthropy has said, we want to make multi-year commitments that are big and that drive change. Yeah. Right. And they, so they said, we're in. So we began this work and launched um, the the work on, on the Valero College Counseling Program, where our team was helping to provide, uh, we, first we went into Brackenridge, uh, um, uh, sorry, we went and uh, had one of our staff members in Jefferson High School working with the team there, and their their four year college acceptance rate in one year went from twenty six percent to fifty three percent. Wow! But again, it highlights like potential was there, right? But opportunity wasn't enough, and so like we can have a part of it. And so we went back to Valero uh, that that Pedro and Judy Gilhood and I went back and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, guess what? It worked." Um, <laughs> Now can we do more? And so the the first time the three million went to Kip and we were driving the the piece, but this time we asked for eight point four million to give to SAISD, and they then built out a focused college counseling program where now they have two two just solely focused college counselors on every one of their comprehensive high schools, um, and we're this is some of the work we're doing across. Well, like, and 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 the results have been really remarkable. Um, because again, the, the potential was there in the kids the whole time. Sure. So how do we like bridge, create this, this last bridge in a robust way that more and more of these, uh, of, of, uh, seniors in SAISD are now going off to great schools mm-hmm. and they, they, to be clear, like SAISD did the work, like sure. we, we were near, we were supportive, we were engaging, but I'm also really thrilled that like our guy, the person who was on our staff, who was supporting them um at the end of the first year of the program they were like um why don't you come work with us <laughs> so they he left and went to work for SAISD which i think is so great that is like perfect that is exactly the way that innovation incubators should work yes right 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 and and so like now they're running it it's baked in it's how they work and and we're 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 still we're still running in partnership but like um this is this is thrilling and so you know, in the realm of this time, like we're starting to find these examples. SAISD also partnered with John H. Wood Charter School to have John H. Wood come in and run one of their schools, uh, uh, one of their kind of the residential treatment, and um, which was the first charter partnership that uh, that had happened. Mm-hmm. Since then, um, they have done this amazing in 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 school innovation work that Muhammad Chaudhry has has led, facilitated. Like he's doing uh, like phenomenal like 
rabble-rousing, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. really exciting and, and bold work. But um, in that time, Young Men's Leadership Academy, Advanced Learning Academy, which I think is just a phenomenal um, place, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Kathy Beezer, she and I actually started teaching at ISA back then. I should also flag that the person who hired our our um, our um, our kid through college person away uh-huh. was uh, also was Liz Ozuna, who's working in SAISD, <laughs> who was also who part was of that also same part cohort, part right? of that team back yeah. then. Um, but um, so so this is um, this is awesome. And so in that time, uh, they've also launched the CastTed now or CastTech, CastMed, uh, Mark Twain Dual Language Academy, Steel Montessori, Ogden Stewart. Like this is like there's it such amazing on, work, yeah. and so it's actually easy to forget that like. Um, Kip has launched another school. Idea continues to grow schools. Great Hearts mm-hmm. basis opening more schools. And in this time, Travis Early College High School um, was named a, a blue ribbon, a national blue ribbon school. Um, that uh, Idea uh, Public Schools, who's runs a you know up more than right. ten, you know probably fifteen, sixteen thousand kids here in San Antonio got uh on the state accountability three a's and a b which like no one had done yeah phenomenal but like now this idea that low-income kids of color can perform at the highest levels it's it's, this is not a bold idea no anymore it's the truth yeah it's the truth it's and it's becoming a truth that's told Mm -hmm. over and over and over again instead of perpetuating the myth that Students of color and low socioeconomic status could never catch up. Right, right, and now and now it's it's hopefully the expectation yes. that we will. Now we still have to figure out how to prove that for for tens of thousands of kids in our mm-hmm. city. We're not there yet, but we're on the way. And oh, right, and, and, and so to those school leaders like who I used to be, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the wave had the ripple hasn't reached you yet. You know, but but, but hopefully the, the but mechanisms coming. to like provide the level of autonomy through the work that Muhammad's doing inside SAISD is hopefully like could be pretty. I think it's going to be have a really big impact. Um, the work that uh, Relay is now here in town, building talent, building mm-hmm. teachers, and the work that Educate Two One Zero or Educate Two Ten. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. get that right <laughs> away. Uh, the work that you're doing with Salt, the work that. Um, that, that, that is happening in so many new pockets across San Antonio that, mm-hmm. that like there is momentum, there is steam, then, and this level of, of innovation that we have today. Yeah. But you look back and say over the 15 years, like, or whatever it is, 20 years, like this was intentional. We brought this about. And to be clear, like, our, our, like we're not, like, no one's done. There's right. so much more work to do because we know that we are still not living up to the potential of of an individual student. We started talking with about Lorenzo and mm-hmm. his, you know, like he was one of the early folks there. How many more Lorenzos are there that we, we don't know their name today? Right. Um, we have so many more to work with. How many more Jens are out there that didn't go to business careers, whose family couldn't move to Northside, uh, that need... That, that we need to make sure that we are releasing their potential for the, for the good of them, because I think it's for us yes. like a, a moral issue, but for the good of our city, like we need that. We definitely need that. So I am, like my mind is so blown away. You know, every time I sit down to talk to somebody, I think like, thank God for this 
conversation. And I hope that everybody is having the same conversation somewhere else. You know, that you're listening and thinking, it is okay that we redefine things, that we go back and take a second look, that we start looking at what's happening in the big picture and not just what's happening right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Um, That we can go back and say, like, this is important work. It's always been important work. But right now we have the momentum to do some pretty amazing stuff that hasn't ever been done before in San Antonio. Right. And and, and there there are gobs of ideas that either we haven't thought of or uh, that some, we need somebody else to come up with the idea and, like, and, and, and create it. Um, or that maybe like we have not done well enough yet because it was you know lord knows that there are a a slew of things that just have like we have to get better at everybody and so um but that's that's what we do yeah we're learners Mm -hmm. and teachers right and the best way to learn something is when you mess it up yeah right (laughs) well right right hopefully we we limit the damage right because like we're talking we're talking about like that like you know i think joel commented on this like when a school when a business fails it's, it's different. It's okay when it when a school fails. There's an impact, and so we have to we have to learn how to do this um, uh, in a way that supports our kids the entire time. But like, hopefully, we're failing forward when we right. do, and there is uh, there is an there is an opportunity to release even more talent. Um, we now have uh, the early kids uh, for my time. You know, early the kids who are in the first couple classes with Kip. They're now teaching in our classrooms they're working in our uh in our on our college counseling work they're like they are moving into the places where they're going to start taking over um which is really cool which is awesome it's this really is cool. what we need we, we need it unfortunately like, makes us a little old but it's okay happily, well, i'll take it yeah happily it. happily right 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 <laughs> yes. so it, it is i'm i'm so i'm so grateful that um that there's a there is a place for us to tell this story and and i and i and i i would love you know one of the things i i would be very interested in hearing is like um what to because because i know that i have not have had an expansive view of all of san antonio like um what did i miss right, right. in in this story like there are so many parts of it that we didn't tell right raise your hand texas has had a, a, a mm-hmm. bigger and bigger but really a statewide role yeah um and that, you know, the focus here is more San Antonio, but like there are so many pockets of driving change and, and, and that have been amazing. And, and frankly, part of what I'm hoping for is that people say like, Hey, you need to know about these seven other things. That would be amazing. Yeah. Like if, if you know another thing that we should know, yep. come find us. Yep. yep. Either of us, both of us, someone else, you know, that knows us, yep. like just send them our way. Because I think I am with you I, having done work in one in one place for so long i know that story really well i'm learning everybody else's story as i sit down and talk to people right. so the more i learn the more impressed and motivated i am to keep doing what we're doing yeah this yeah. is a good time i've never been more optimistic about public education in san antonio than we are today Woohoo! Yeah. I raise my coffee to that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you so yeah. much for joining me today. Yeah. I have truly enjoyed our conversation. Well, this is um, I'm I am uh, I I'm I'm grateful that you're that you're creating a space for this, uh, and you're bringing on the folks that uh, that have already been here and the and those that are coming. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See All right. You soon. All right. I'm Jen Maestas, and you're listening to Miseducation.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.